0: Well, welcome. Good to see all of you. You know, this is um, my first time to speak this year uh, at Saturday Night Supper Club, so I just have to stop and say Happy New Year. (laughs) And Happy New Decade, as a matter of fact. Yeah, new stuff's going on, I hear. Let me get rid of my cough drop. You know, about um, oh, two months ago, the Lord began to speak to me about a season of preparation that He is. Uh, bringing to the body of Christ and I thought well this is just a message to Bob and and this is probably something that, that's for me but I've, I've, I've heard it in the prophetic language in the community and so I'm starting to think this is something that's probably generally associated with the body of Christ as a move of the Lord right now and uh, it's becoming increasingly important for us to know how to hear the Lord if we're going to move forward into the future we're going to be in, need to be in contact with him in communication so that we can follow him carefully um, and through um, however many years I've done ministry I've noticed um, often that when people come to me with a question and I would ask them well and they would say, "What do I need to do?" and I said "Well um, what's the Lord telling you?" And most of the time people would tell me I just don't know I don't have a clue. That's why I came to you, Bob. And I'd say, well, you're not getting off that easy. he said, I said, at the very least, what does the Bible say about this subject? And usually I get the same answer. I don't know. I, that's why I've come to you, because you know the Bible, and I need you to tell me. Well, you know what? That's just ain't not going to wash anymore. <laughs> the Lord's uh, instructing us uh, to grow up and mature and do something different. And um I'll be reading through two sections of Scripture tonight that address this theme. One of them, um, Caleb, is Proverbs 4 will be the first one I'll pull up. And, uh, and then I'll follow up with Psalm 1 if we have time. I think we will. I'm gonna uh, addressing a, a the subject, I think, is a theme, at least the Lord's put on my heart, for the church in this season. I don't know if this is just right now or this year or going forward it's going to be a big deal. I don't know. I'm not that... I don't move in that kind of prophetic stuff. I just listen. But um, I do know this. I read somewhere recently a, a quote that I thought was really significant. And it says, the word that we read will become the word that we live. So in essence what he's saying is whatever you take in, that's what you'll begin to give off. Right? Yep. Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> but this, in this case, it's good. It's what we began to take in from God. is what we're going to begin to emanate. It's going to be begin to be part of who we are, and we'll begin to walk it. That'll be our default. We'll begin to navigate life with this new input that God's giving us, and He's and He's speaking that tonight in these two passages. So let me start first with Proverbs four, and now the translator of the Passion Bible. I love the Passion Bible. It's just for me. It's a, just a really good. Um, It just conveys the Lord's heart. It's not just information. There's something in it that's very relational. But Brian Simmons is the translator, and he he made this statement. When you read Proverbs 4, you need to read this as if you and God were having dialogue. He was speaking to you. Can you do that with me tonight? Mm -hmm. Everybody do this. Give it your best shot. We're going to listen as if the Father were speaking because it starts with that. He says in verse 1, listen to my correction, my sons. And I put in there, and daughters? Because it's inclusive, isn't it? It's to all of us. Listen to my correction. Now, when I say correction, what, what does that dial up? Doesn't sound negative to you, like it's criticism. And It's not intended. You'll You'll see in a minute, the Lord doesn't do that just to criticize. He brings us upgrades. He brings us words of encouragement in life. Not criticism we get enough of that right this is not who he is so he says listen to my correction listen to my imitation sons and daughters for I speak to you as your father so in this case the father is simply telling his children to engage in something they may have missed or to listen so that he can give you something that he asked for you in this season that brings you to a different place i remember the first time i heard this language in my journaling in my time with the lord he said to me bob come up here i have something to show you that's that's the language i hear from god come up here i've got something for you i need you to see this and you need to see it with fresh eyes you need to understand it with an expanded heart i need you to be available to engage me at this level and he continues in in verse one he says let discernment enter your heart you will grow wise with the understanding I impart. Now, when I, what, is, what is discernment? And that's just a rhetorical question because we can get 19 opinions. I have mine, and I, that's what we're going to use tonight. Okay? <laughs> because I, I struggle with this. Discernment can mean a lot of things. But for Christians, discernment is seeing something without any judgments. It's seeing something clearly and not, not through my filters. It's not through a cultural bias. I, I want you to know I, I can't approach anything without bias because I have a history so do you. And so, but discernment brings me something that's more pure than that. It's insight that absolutely is staggering and it's, it's integrity, it's pure. So he says now, let discernment enter your heart. Now what is he saying there? He's saying let it, give it permission, open your heart to receive this download of integrity, this truth, that's going to change things for you. Open your hearts. I have something for you. It's a gift. He goes on to say, when we're faced with a question of life, we're encouraged to open our hearts to his wisdom. And that sounds good, but how do we do that? Don't you always ask me that, Ed? That's a great idea, Bob. How do you do that? And so, and I'm here to tell you tonight, he gives us the instruction right here. He says this, my revelation truth is a gift to you. You can quit striving. You can quit trying to accumulate information. This transcends that. This is understanding that comes to you in the moment because I give it to you because I'm a good father. He said, "Now my revelation truth is a gift to you, so remain faithful to my instruction. So, in other words, we need to stop and turn and ask the Lord, and he will gift us. We don't have to earn it. You don't have to be qualified. You just need to stop and turn to him, and he will gift you with understanding and wisdom. It's a promise from the Father, and it's for all believers who respond to this word by opening their hearts. That's the qualifier. Open your heart to me, and I will pour into it everything you need for life. So notice his instructions in two parts. Part one is that it's a gift. This revelation truth that comes to you, it's a gift from the Father. No price tag on it. It's what he gives to his kids. That's his part. There's the second part that's our part. As we receive that gift, we open our heart and we receive it by faith because we believe that he's, one of his, his, his words are absolute integrity his promises are sure and everything he says comes to pass because he has the power to bring it to pass so we by faith in who he is open our hearts to receive that now the second part is ours what will we do with it right there's some responsibility here it's not heavy but it requires agreement we must remain faithful to his instructions in other words, we must purpose to obey him to the best of our ability. Okay? this is not You don't have to do it perfect. You just have to agree and walk in that direction. And God empowers you for the journey. Then by faith and who he is, we receive the seed of his word into our hearts and we nurture it into maturity. Our part is to take care of that gift to practice it, to release it, to do all that we can in our ability to respond to him so that it can grow. So far, so good? Now, I've skipped verses three through nine because I can summarize them in two sentences. For the sake of time, I'm gonna do that. Let me give you my summary. Basically, the Father tells us this. Don't let what I say go in one ear and out the other. Let it rest in your mind and let it percolate there. Let it gestate. Let it grow and take root. And so you'll need to take it and take hold of it and hold it there. And so if it's important enough to read, it's important enough to understand, is it not? So he says, the Father says, in addition to that, and further along, he says in verse 7, Revelation knowledge, now this is, this is more than information. This is an expanded God view of something that gives discernment and purity to his message. He says, Revelation knowledge is what you need. Can you agree with me on that? Mm-hmm. It absolutely changes Did our do. life. It's the only thing that does. So, he says, if you have it, then invest in it. Your part is to give yourself to this and develop it in your life. It's right there in Scripture. Your part is to receive it and invest it so you develop it and mature this gift. Now the next ten next verses, verses ten through nineteen, I'm gonna skip because I'm gonna cover those in Psalm 1. That says the same message. I don't want to duplicate that. I'll come back to it. But it's entitled Two Pathways. So that's another that's a whole other message probably, but in this, I'm doing an overview. So moving ahead, I want to move to verses 20 to 27. Are they there? they are good job so we see here um, the author instructs us he says listen carefully my child to everything I teach you and pay attention to all I have to say how many of you know we can listen without paying attention if you're married just raise your hand okay so he's saying here I want not I want you to hear the words but I want them to I want them to have understanding I want them to rest on your heart until you get it. And in getting it, it's going to change who you are. It's just the same message again. So how do we, how do, we do that, Ed? We pay attention Listen. by listening and holding that thought and letting it take root in our hearts. How do we keep God's Word from going in one ear and out the other? The Father tells us in verse 21, Fill your thoughts with my words. Now we'd blow through that in one second and not catch it, but he said this, let your thoughts be full of my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Let all God's words become your own words until they become part of your spirit. In other words, Solomon tells us, then as you unwrap my words, that's this, process of gaining understanding what does that mean what does that mean then this is the essence what he's teaching in this passage this is the, the in other words as you consider God's words to you what does it mean as you ponder them as you meditate as you speak them to yourself out loud and to others in discussion and teaching and so forth And as you pray them back to God, which, by the way, is a great way to take these words and have them germinate, is to pray them back to God. As you do this, he says, don't forget to guard your heart. Guard the affections of your heart. He says this, set or fix your gaze. I'm sorry, skip down. Above all, guard the affections of your heart, your thoughts and your will for they affect all you are. The thoughts that you hold in your heart that you believe affect your whole life going forward. So wouldn't you want them to be good and tender and of God? So he says, just filter out the other stuff and receive this because it will change who you are and the fruit of your life will be the things you hold in your heart. Pay attention to the welfare of your heart, your innermost being, from there flows the wellsprings of life if you hold these things in your heart they will begin to flow out of you and they don't diminish because they come from a source that is inexhaustible and how do we do this how do we guard the affections of our heart verse 25 tells us how set your gaze in other words fix your gaze your focus on the path before you now with fixed purpose These these are strong words. Don't look around. Put blinders on and stay focused. This is important. This is so important. It's life-changing. Set your gaze on the path before you, and with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore this other stuff, life's distractions. Now, this means we're going to have to do something different, aren't we? If you're like me. This means I may have to dial down some of the things that are distractions in my life. So that I can remain focused, and I don't do that all at once because I can't sustain that. I have to grow into these things just like you do. So how do I begin to d- set aside distractions and stay focused? I start with the things I can do in the moment. I dedicate those to God, and I do them <coughs> for a period of time. It's the best way I know how, and I give myself to the Lord. Does that make sense? Don't start with uh, all-day time of meditation. Start with five minutes. Okay. Give yourself a break. And do it well. Take that five minutes and really allow it to just percolate in your heart. He says in verse 26, watch where you're going. Watch where you're going. Don't get off the path. Don't stumble. Stick to the path of truth. And then he promises us something. He said the road will be safe and smooth before you. Anybody need a safe, smooth road in front of you? then stay focused on what God's speaking and stay fixed on that and you set yourself on that course. This is a promise in Scripture. You can hold on to this. He finishes with this warning, and we should hear this with great care because this is the challenge for this season, I believe. Don't allow yourselves to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. All this superfluous stuff and all this mind traffic and all the things that are going on in the world, they're distractions and they're there on purpose. And so therefore we have to remain focused on what's important, don't we? And what's important is the development of what God's doing in your heart. It's most important. So having said that, let me go to Psalm 1 and just hit a few things here. that are in, This is really a, a good marriage, I think, between these two passages. In Psalm 1, the author picks up the theme. By the way, this may not have been penned by David. This could have been Ezra um, or Jeremiah. They're not sure. doesn't matter. The the scripture is from the Lord. But in Psalm 1, the author picks up the theme of these two people and two paths. So he's talking about the contrast of two different kinds of people and two different paths that they take. And he's saying, let me tell you the story of these two people he says first of all one of these people is described as those who follow God's ways he doesn't say this is the story of people who really do it well and they're really gifted and charismatic so this is just the people who follow after God and they won't quit can you camp there with me we can commit to that I'm gonna be here doing the best I can and I won't quit God I may not be your greatest champion but I'll finish with you right He said, these are the people who follow God's ways, or he calls them the righteous. Never thought of that, did you? But you are to him. The other group of people are called the wicked. I hate to make the differentiations like this, but the Bible does. And basically, these are people who resist God and won't respond to him and ignore him, and they're too busy doing life to have anything to do with God. They may not be rebellious in so much of their activity, but they haven't got time to be giving themselves to the development of who they are they may not know him and they may not want to in the passion bible psalm 1 is entitled here we go the tree of life (laughs) that's what i forgot to give paul on on the overhead and once again the story this is the story of the followers of god and it reads this way what delight or blessing comes to the one who follows god's ways these are the things that are attributes that come to the person who just follows after God God takes care of the rest he says just respond I'll empower you to become this person that you think is impossible but he says these are the attributes. these are characteristics of this person who follows after me he won't walk in step with the wicked nor share the sinners way and not be found sitting in the scorner's seat. He won't be a mocker of God. He won't enter into all the, the language and the dialogue and the stuff that's wicked and evil that comes against the character of God. He will refuse to be party to that. That says perfect. He just says, that's off limits. I won't have anything to do with that. These are called followers of God because they go where he goes. If you're a follower of God, it makes sense that wherever he goes, you go. Right? And eventually you'll be doing what he does. So just go with him right now and he'll show you his ways. And pretty soon you'll be empowered through this identification to do the things he does. It says here, this person is developing a different heart. How many of you started this journey and you're different today than you were when you started? Isn't that a miracle? Because we didn't do that. God knows I can't do that. God is He's absolutely dependable to begin something and to finish it. He's the author and the finisher. It says here, his pleasure, this person that's called the follower of God, his pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. I'm dedicated to the word, and I, as much as I can, I want to stay focused on that, and this is my pursuit. Now, I may not be over the top, fully passionate, on fire, But I won't quit. And I will be passionate and on fire before this is over. Because I'm going to stay until he gives me what I want. Because it's been given to me as a child. It's my inheritance. And I have it coming. If I want to love him with all my heart, do you think he wouldn't answer that prayer? I meditate on this word day and night in a true revelation of light. As I think on it, God gives me revelation that opens my heart more and I have a greater capacity to take on more of what he wants to give me. He or she will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design and not in error, not by my own efforts and not through any efforts of man. It's by God's design that I stand here. And in this place of standing like a flourishing tree, I'm deeply rooted by this brooks, these, this living water that flows into my life, keeps me alive and fresh. As my roots go deeper, they feed more on this water, this living water, and I become this flourishing tree that becomes stronger and stronger. And I bear fruit in season, every season of life not just spring or summer. I bear fruit in the winter of life because I'm rooted in something that flows continually. And then he says this. Point at yourself. He is never dry. She is never dry. Never fainting. Ever blessed and ever prosperous. Blessed are you because he says so. i don't know about you but i need all those things in my life and because it's written there i believe it's for me and i believe it's for you and i believe it's available to us for the wanting for the agreement for the yes lord for the amen i want to take hold of those promises and hold them close to my heart until they become who i am they're not just words anymore they're alive inside of me this story is not only about the followers of god but they're about other contrasting lives as well. Here's where I want to, and this is the Holloway translation, <laughs> so you have to give us a little room here, okay? This is what I think. It tells us there's only two kinds of people in the world, followers and people who are not followers. I want to I wanna fill in the gray there, because followers are all not the same, are we? We're all in different places. We need to give each other grace to be where we are, knowing that we're on our way to heaven. Can we do that? Yeah. This is, uh, there's not only this path of the God follower, but there's also a path of the ones who avoid God and go their own way. The other path is the path of the wicked. And it's described in verse 4 like this, but how different are the weak, wicked? All they are is dust in the wind. Driven away to destruction. In fact, James says they are not rooted, but blown about by the wisdom of the world and this double-minded nature, and they're forever lost and blowing about. wicked will not endure the day of judgment. That's so sad. For God will not defend them on that day because they never had time for him, and they never connected. He was always available and inviting, and they never said yes to anything. And he said, on that day, he said, I can't defend you. We have no substance here of relationship. Nothing they do will succeed or endure for long. Nothing. In the long term, everything they give themselves to will fail and turn to ash. For they have no part with those who walk in truth. But how different it is for the righteous. And who are these righteous people? Because we can plainly see that not all followers of God are fully developed. We're not all mature and complete yet, are we? So followers also include those who hear God's invitation. And their hearts rise to respond, but they don't know how to engage. And they're fearful. And they're insecure and inadequate. Got any of those here? Yeah, we all are, aren't we? And so there's this place where we live in our insecurities. And God says, come out of that. Come up here. I have something to say to you that gives you life because you don't belong there. You belong here. And when you come up here, you will see with discernment and truth and purity. This is a new season. It's time to respond to his correction, his tweaking of our lives and instruction and get back on track with God again. It's an invitation from God to join him in what he's doing It's not, it's an invitation to come. This is our opportunity to align our hearts with His and believe what He's telling us, to hear Him and to respond. To people like us, we're told that the Lord embraces their paths as they move forward. What does that mean? In your process, He loves you all through that. As you move forward, he's saying, that's good. Every movement, he says, that's good. I'm proud of you. It's an applause. He's not disappointed. He's not distraught. He doesn't disqualify you. He embraces your path as you move forward. So wherever you are, move forward. Get it? So what do we have, what have these two books told us tonight? There are only two paths and only two kinds of people. One is those who follow after God and the other is not. One person builds and nurtures his life from God's word and one doesn't. One fixes his heart on God and moves forward and finds himself embraced by God. And the other ignores God and his invitation to join him, be in the first group, yeah. wisdom in that. I recently read a word from a prophetic writer, and I distilled two pages of notes down to two paragraphs. Aren't you glad? I I gave give you the gist of this, because I thought it was significant. After I'd written this message, I saw this message from Lana Vosser, and she sends out these things from time to time, but I thought this was, this was exactly where I was in my notes, And so it kind of validated me somewhat. But let me read this to you. This is, I heard the Lord say, she says, I'm coming to weigh my people and test hearts to see how deeply my word is within my people. Now hear this. This is not the Lord coming to condemn. It is the Spirit of God moving out of his love to weigh the hearts of his people and the lives of his people to see the depth of the word taking root in their lives. He's called them to a higher place in this season, and he's moving sovereignly in power that we've not seen before. Something is afoot, as William Shakespeare used to say. Something's going on in the spirit that's drawing God's people closer, and the call has gone out, and you've heard it tonight. It's the word of the Lord to invite you to come up here, Those who are living deep in the Word of God, those who are living in the Word of God. We may not be deep, but we want to be, don't we? Do this. Okay, agree with me. We, we want this. These who receive the Word of God in their hearts, those who are allowing the Word to marinate, to correct, to align, and to mature us. Isn't that the same language? He is bringing correction in this area so His people can walk in greater revelation of his word. And with that comes the authority and the power of the relationship. Living and walking in the word is foundational in carrying this next move of God and stewarding the increase upon you. So what we're saying here is, this is the imitation. Respond as best you can and give yourself to develop this gift so that God can bring you up to this place where he wants to release you into the next move of God. Does that make sense? Okay, she finishes with this. It's a quote out of Joshua Joshua 1, 8. It said, the the book of the law, what is that? It's the word. It's not only the written word, but it's also the spoken word, the, the life that comes out where the Holy Spirit says, that's for you. It comes alive and it's written on your heart. He said, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Speak it. Repeat it. Teach it. Confess it. Pray it. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Practice it until you develop it. It's a new gift. It shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. If you want to be able to follow God, then give yourself to His instruction and let Him write it on your heart. And here's, here's a, a caution. And I've learned this in recovery. When you God asks you to do something and you can't, what is your response? It's to say so. Be honest with God and say, Lord, I don't know how to do that. I don't have what it takes to do that in my and who I am, I'm absolutely going to need a Savior. And so I just embrace Jesus here, and I say yes to your command, and I say yes to your empowering, and I wait now for you to help me. Now, we'll walk this out. We'll practice it, and I may fail, but I won't quit. Amen? So he finishes with this. She does. And why would God remind us of this word to Joshua and uh, and to the people of God? For it is then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And prosperity is not just money, but it's in all parts of your life. It's, it's your, uh, it feeds your sozo life. All that you are, spirit, soul, and body is prosperity. It's shalom, peace to your soul. And God said it's yours. Don't, now, meditate on the book of the law and let it become a reality. and Let God empower you so that you can prosper in your life. Amen? Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you that you're so engaged with your people and you want more. You want so much more. And we have felt feeble and inadequate and not known how to do this. And you're saying, that doesn't matter. Come up here and I'll show you great things. And I'll fill you with my love and peace and grace and you'll become the person you never dreamed you could be. Lord, we receive that by faith. We open our hearts to you, and we declare we will. Yes, Lord, come and fill us, and we will respond to you to the best of our ability. We will become the people of God, That in the end times you'll raise your hand and say, aren't they awesome? We say we we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.